When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Welcome everybody to the Lightning Round Podcast. We are here to preview week 11 against the Steelers on Sunday night. But before we do, we got a quick little shout out, a couple of them here. First one comes from Brett Wellington who donated to the podcast and says, You guys rock. My favorite podcast in the game. Love your insight and appreciate your humor. And that is why we do it. So thank you, Brett. Appreciate it. It's why we do it. Also wanted to give a shout out to Rich, who's been on the After Hours show quite a bit this season and has been interacting with us on Twitter. Rich uh, very generously offered to take us to a game this season. Unfortunately, neither one of us was able to make it work this season, so we will... Uh, continue talking about it and figure out a time to do it next season. But thank you, Rich. We appreciate it. And we will be taking you up on that offer um, probably next season. So thank you. Yeah, no, very sweet gestures. Uh, something that was obviously done in the DM, so nobody knows about it, but something that uh, definitely deserves a little praise. So thank you, Rich. A very, very sweet gesture to uh, take us out. Unfortunately, it didn't end up working out uh, this season, but we really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, uh, Brett. We appreciate you both, and let's go ahead and get into this matchup. So the Steelers are coming off a tie against the winless Lions, uh, and for the Steelers, Bren Roethlisberger and the safety Minka Fitzpatrick are both on the COVID-19 list. Uh, Big Ben could still go on Sunday, but the Steelers say they are planning like Mason Rudolph will start Sunday night. Fitzpatrick is out. Steelers plan on using a rotation of Trey Norwood and Miles Killebrew at safety to replace him. And then among the injuries this week, TJ Watt week to week, their O lineman Trey Turner and Kevin Dotson both banged up. Corner Jay Hayden has a foot injury. Their receiver Chase Claypool has been down but might return to practice. So again, another week, another team that are kind of hobbling into the week to play the Chargers. So let's start with the Steelers offense going against this Chargers defense. Uh, tell me about some keys for you. Well, I think if, when you start talking about the Steelers offense, uh, you need to start talking first of all about they've completely changed their running game uh, this season. If you've watched even 10 minutes of a Steeler game, you know that because the broadcasters won't shut up about it. <laughs> so um, 
They completely redesigned their running game, both in terms of design and verbiage under new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Uh, they've always been more of a straight downhill type running attack. And they are now challenging the edges a lot more, both with the running backs and with the wide receivers. Uh, the running game is really designed to test the discipline of the defense by trying to see if they can force the defense to let their eyes take them out of position. They do that with a lot of um, uh, jet sweeps, some reverses. Uh, they bring there's a lot of shovel passes to the tight ends out of out of play action. Uh, all things designed to get the offense or the defense moving in one direction and then run the ball back in another. Um, and they they use it to set up their play action passing game as well. Um, obviously, in the running game, you have to talk about Najee Harris. Uh, not only is he a big physical back, but he's got speed. He catches the ball very well, um, and he's got some really nimble feet. The guy is seems like he's always changing direction on a dime in the hole, making people miss. Very hard to bring down, so the Chargers will have to be on their game in terms of tackling with that first wave of defenders. Um, get Najee Harris on the ground early. Don't let him get ahead of steam going downfield. And then in the passing game, you know, they, this is also kind of, a, they say they haven't changed the passing game, but I feel like they have. Um, in my opinion, you don't see as many shots down the field with this offense as, as you used to see. Uh, it seems like there's much more quick passing. They're trying to get Roethlisberger and or um, Mason Rudolph in rhythm early, get the ball out of their hands to playmakers in space and let them make people miss and get upfield that way. Um, neither Rudolph nor Roethlisberger is throwing the ball down the field particularly well. Uh, Rudolph has a terrible arm. Uh, it hurt me to watch him play quarterback. If he winds up being the starting quarterback this, this week, I think the Chargers have a huge advantage. He cannot get the ball down the field. Anything more than 15 yards is coming out like a lollipop throw, uh, complete lob, taking a lot of time to get the ball down the field. He's consistently under throwing passes down the field when they ask him to do it. Um, Rudolph really struggles to get the ball outside of the numbers to the boundaries, uh, both in the intermediate and deep passing game. Everything comes out slow um, and wobbly, very ugly. And he, lots of lots of overthrows, even in the short passing game. Um, he's just not very accurate. And Roethlisberger, surprised. I mean, we saw him last year. Uh, Roethlisberger's arm is not what it used to be. He's struggling with some accuracy issues as well. He's struggling to get the ball down the field. I'm not sure the game plan defensively changes that much depending on who's playing quarterback. You want to pin both of them in the pocket. Rudolph is a little bit more mobile, um, but neither one of them is going to be somebody who's going to stand in the pocket for a long time and push the ball down the field. Roethlisberger, in fact, looks jittery when he has to hold on to the ball. Anytime he's got to get through more than a couple of reads, there's a lot of uh, double clutching, pump fake, indecision. He's just not comfortable holding the ball and pushing it down the field. He wants to get that ball out right away um, and let his playmakers make plays in space. So I think the, the key for the defense really is stop that run, win on first down, get the Steelers into second and long, third and long. You want them to be third and five or longer. Um, and really force those quarterbacks to hold the ball by taking away the flats, flooding the middle of the field with zone defense, playing tight man coverage outside, and challenging the quarterbacks to beat you outside to the boundaries, outside the numbers, um, with accurate passes because it's not something they've been doing consistently this season. Yeah, yeah. There's um, 
yeah, touching on a lot of points I was going to bring up. But, you know, uh, just speaking uh, firstly on quarterbacks, I think for the Chargers, playing everything underneath is going to be pretty key. I mean, you you talked about Mason Rudolph's arm. It is absolutely gassed. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, same thing. Rudolph's arm strength was a question coming out of college, and somehow it looks worse. He looks like he's been in the league for 20 years. I mean, it feels like his arm's going to fall off. Nothing has any zip to it. Uh, The Lions... Uh, last Sunday played off and broke on everything. They baited Rudolph into trying to fire balls into tight windows and uh, which uh, he could not do very often. So uh, obviously the same goes for Ben Roethlisberger. I agree with you. It's not much of a difference between these two quarterbacks. They are weak armed quarterback that you don't want to get in rhythm. Uh, they uh, both their arms are cooked. Uh, Staley can absolutely sneak Derwin up a little bit more on Sunday, knowing that there's not much going over your head. It's kind of like in Little League, you know, when there's that kid you know that can't hit and you just move everybody up. That's kind of like that's kind of like what's going to happen this Sunday. It's it's Rudolph. Rudolph is that kid that can't hit it over your head. He's not going to throw it over your head, so you don't have to play too deep uh, the entire game. So uh, it was it was interesting watching these uh, both quarterbacks going back and watching Roethlisberger this year and then Rudolph. And it's the same. Their arm strength is terrible. Uh, Another thing uh, I noticed from Sunday was Mason Rudolph got absolutely uh, worked over by the lions cover three disguises. Uh, They last Sunday, Detroit got Mason to make some bad throws by disguising their cover three. The chargers run that kind of cover two mix, uh, which, um, which they can do as well. But what's most important is that what Detroit did pre-snap, what Detroit looked like before the snap is not what they ran post-snap. Rudolph had almost three or four interceptions on Sunday. The one that was actually caught and was an interception, they had a blitz look with the linebackers in the B gaps. They both bailed. uh, They covered their zones and then, Rudolph sailed it and it went right into uh, the linebacker's hands. He somehow sailed a five yard pass to a running back. (laughs) It was five (laughs) yards behind the running back way over his head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he, he, it's almost like he threw it to the linebacker. It it hit him right in the chest. It was a terrible, terrible throw. Um, And so Rudolph is bad and he's particularly bad on the fly, which we saw on Sunday. If Pittsburgh can script out some plays for both Roethlisberger and Rudolph for that matter. And the Chargers just play straight up they can get into rhythm and they can make those throws. But if you throw a few different looks at them, you get some pressure or at least create some kind of chaos at the line, Rudolph struggles. And like you mentioned, a uh, Roethlisberger uh, is kind of jittering the pocket too when that happens. So, you know, we talked about disguises last week with Kirk Cousins. This is another week they're going to have to do it. And hopefully it changes a little bit more this week. We didn't see a ton of it last week. I mean, these guys, it's not, it's not rocket science. I mean, if you just give them the look that you're coming after them, uh, Rudolph uh, is kind of uh, sped up his reads and everything's going too fast for him. Yeah, and the Steelers don't have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to throw to. Right, so right. that's a big advantage. I mean, they could get Claypool back, and he's obviously a weapon. You have to play him deep, respect his deep speed, um, but their receivers are having a hard time catching the ball consistently. Uh, not all on them. Balls are being underthrown consistently, poorly thrown. Um, and I do think you can get to either um, Rudolph or Roethlisberger behind this line. This is a very inexperienced line. Um, their left tackle, Dan Moore, really struggled the last few weeks, giving up a lot of sacks. There should be opportunities to overload the left side of the line and really attack him and force him to make decisions as a blocker. Um, their left guard, 
Kevin Dotson is injured right now. Mm -hmm. Their center is inexperienced. Trey Turner pretty much washed. We know who he is. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> their, their right tackle is nothing special. I think there are opportunities to blitz this, this group and put some pressure on the offensive line. Uh, Rudolph and Roethlisberger both struggle with pressure up the middle. Those a gap blitzes should be very effective. I think we should see a lot of Derwin and hopefully, um, Kaiser white blitzing up the middle, maybe some of Kenneth Murray too. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to create some pressure and create some havoc. And if you can force them to push the ball to the perimeter, I think you're going to have some opportunities for some late underthrown balls getting picked off uh, by the Chargers secondary, particularly if Michael Davis is back this week. Yeah. And, um, and so on defense, I mean, you're talking about, you know, blitzing and getting pressure. Joey Bosa, who is currently on the COVID-19 list, who could be there on Sunday, it's going to be a lot of, it's kind of going to be a little bit different with the Chenowosu, Kyler Fackrell, and then probably some Chris Rumpf. But the look of pressure, again, is just as good as getting pressure on Rudolph and Big Ben. If the Chargers show blitz, pop back out, it should be enough to get to Rudolph and to get to Big Ben. It's how Detroit got to Rudolph. Rudolph saw ghosts on Sunday, and they couldn't get to a defense that is awful. Um, with with Nuosu, Fackroll, Rumpf, uh, it, it'd be nice to use uh, use their speed, kind of overload a side, show some twists up front, get some of those edge players right behind them, uh, blitzing up those A-gaps like you talk about, and and like you're saying, uh, another way to get pressure on this offensive line is to get it from the linebacker spot. We saw uh, you mentioned Kaiser White, you mentioned Kenneth Murray, uh, Derwin James. May, uh, you know, hopefully, maybe Drew Tranquil's back. And then how about Amon Abagamiga last week? He, w I mean, he was firing uh, from his linebacker spot. Got some pressure on Kirk Cousins. So that's another guy who's got some unreal closing speed and could obviously uh, provide some pressure, even if Joey Bose is there or not there. Um, they've got some spots where they can add some speed to this uh, defensive line going against uh, this kind of struggling offensive line, especially with Trey Turner and Dotson being uh, banged up right now and maybe not even going on Sunday. So there's there's some leakiness in this offensive line, and if they can use that speed with or without Joey Bosa, they could have some success on Sunday. Yeah, I think the a big key here is going to be forcing the Steelers to go the length of the field to score touchdowns. Their, their offense is struggling to move the ball consistently, they're not doing a good job of putting together long drives because they can't really manufacture much in the passing game. So you want to pin them deep and make them drive the length of the field and make them go 10, 12, 15 plays to score touchdowns because they are not likely to, to put big plays together in the passing game. So if you can bottle up the running game, force them to beat you on third and long in the passing game, I think you'll have some opportunities to get off the field and maybe even force some turnovers. And I would also keep an eye out for an expanded role from Kenneth Murray on the edge. We saw a little bit of that uh, last week against the Vikings. He flashed more so in the running game than, than as a pass rusher, but you could see some, you mentioned some stunts and twists up front, line them up on the edge, bring, loop him around, bring him through the A-gap, try to find ways to create lanes for him to rush where he's not necessarily have to, having to win with technique, but he can just rely on his athleticism and his speed to burst through holes and make some plays. Yeah, yeah, and going the length of the field is important. The uh, they got to limit turnovers, which obviously is important every week. But you can't give the Steelers a short field, and also on special teams, you got to clean that up a little bit better this week too. But you know this this uh, Steelers offense is pretty much one dimensional. I mean, and it's because these uh, these quarterbacks' arms are gassed. You know, uh, they try to establish a run with Najee Harris. You talked about getting out on the edge, but they run their pretty much run their offense through him. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a nice little deep threat, and Chase Claypool, 
uh, Claypool could be back. But, you know, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is out for the season. He won't be there. They just don't have the weapons, and they don't have a quarterback on the roster with adequate arm strength to make this offense multidimensional. So this is another week where I'd like to see the Chargers try to take away the run with Najee Harris, which is probably going to be a key every week. But make the Chargers quarterbacks beat you and make them go the length of the field. Or what did I say? You said Chargers. Chargers? <laughs> the Chargers quarterbacks could beat you. The Steelers quarterback beat you because whether it's Big Ben or Mason Rudolph, again, it's not going to make much of a difference. And if they got to go 80, 90 yards, they're going to have a hard time doing it. Yeah, and I think the biggest difference between them is Rudolph's ability to run. He did get outside the pocket a couple mm-hmm. times versus Detroit this week. So he did prove to be a little bit slippery, although he does not protect himself very well. He takes some big hits when he gets outside of the pocket. There could be some opportunities for some big hits and some forced fumbles when if he does break contain. So you have to be a little bit more disciplined and pin him down in the pocket. But Ben isn't going anywhere. He gets back in that pocket, five, seven-step drop. He wants to get rid of it right away. If it's not coming out fast, he's pulling that ball down, and he's he's waiting to get hit. So he's not comfortable in the pocket right now. No, he's a statue, and he should have retired last year. He is hurting this uh, Steelers team. By staying in there, uh, let's well let's go on the other side of the ball and talk about defense. Uh, one thing, and we you know, speaking of uh, Chargers quarterbacks, let's go to the other side. Uh, the Chargers offense against the Steelers defense. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting uh, when things just kind of pop on uh, film when you're watching other games is how much the Steelers had problems with the Lions shifting and motioning on offense. Uh, they struggled whenever Detroit shifted and motioned off of running plays. Both Joe Schobert and Cam Hayward mentioned it post-game. They just didn't do a good job of communicating and resetting the call. Detroit would motion. They would overload a side on run play. The Steelers would just stand pat, which would leave mismatches on the edges, which in turn would create positive plays for the Lions. And then Dan Campbell, who took over as the new OC for Anthony Lynn, he went back to it all game long, and it worked for three full quarters until the Steelers just said enough is enough, and they ended up... uh, of uh, patching things up, but you know, Deandre Swift in that game finished with 130 yards on the ground and the team averaged almost six yards per carry. They had a hard time stopping the run and that's because Detroit motioned a lot and got some mismatches on the edge. I'd love to see the same on Sunday from the chargers. Let a guy like Steven Anderson kind of roam to one side, overload one of them, uh, get some favorable matchups on the edges and then just be that lead blocker, that extra blocker for Austin Eckler and get some positive yards on the ground because uh, we'll probably talk about it a little bit. They can get it through the air too, but if they can create some uh, favorable matchups on the edges and get an extra guy over there, uh, they they could get some winning matchups there. Yeah, I think the thing that really stood out to me watching the tape over the last, I think I watched their last three games for the Steelers was I feel like this is going to be a get right game for Austin Eckler and for the tight ends. Um, Eckler should have a lot of success running the ball on the edges of the defense. I think you can also run the ball right at, right at Isaiah bugs and Isaiah Loudermilk on the middle. They've got a 240 pound linebacker playing defensive tackle because they're so banged up inside right now. So they have the opportunity. The chargers have the opportunity to really run downhill at the Steelers between the tackles use that, to their advantage to get Eckler outside maybe a little bit later in the game for bigger plays in the running game. The Steelers linebackers are not playing well at all. Devin Bush is really struggling in coverage. He and Joe Schobert are over pursuing. Uh, You mentioned the motion. They're over pursuing in the running game quite a bit. They're constantly getting pulled out of position. They're not recognizing second level blockers and they're getting stuck to them. Uh, There are big, 
big yards to be had in the middle of the field against the Steelers defense. I was really expecting them based on the scores of some of these games to be much more disciplined and be playing much better football. I don't think they're playing that good of football. I think they're just taking advantage of compromised football teams the last few weeks. Um, and I think this is a team that the chargers can take advantage of on defense. I think you're going to see some big yards out of um, Jared cook in the middle of the field, particularly between uh, between the, the numbers and the, the hash marks. I think there are some opportunities with seam routes to get some big plays. Um, there are opportunities to make plays outside as well, but screens give the Steelers big problems running on off the edges, give the Steelers big problems. I think this is a game where you could see the RPO uh, portion of this offense really expanded and get Justin Herbert out on the edges, because as soon as that mesh point hits in the running game, those edge players are crashing hard, trying to trying to shut down the run and the edges are wide open for, for the RPO with, with Herbert. I think if you can get Herbert outside the pocket, that's the one thing you don't want him sitting in the pocket in this game. You don't want him yeah. to be five, seven steps sitting in the pocket in the same spot every every pass play. That's where Hayward and Watt are going to get to you. But if you can move him around, uh, create some inconsistencies about where the pocket is, uh, and force the, force the defense to play the entire field, I think you're going to have a, a really good day in terms of gashing them in the run and finding some big, some simple big passing plays um, and that deep and intermediate in the middle of the field. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about the outside, you know, it's, it was another uh, key for me is the, uh, is getting these guys in space. You talked about screens, these Steelers uh, DBs and linebackers have absolutely been plagued by missed tackles this season. Uh, just watching them on Sunday, the chargers have got to get these guys in space. Like you talked about and just make the Steelers tackle because they're going to have troubles. Uh, screen screens, quick outs, you know, get those one-on-one -on -one matchups and just make guys miss by getting these receivers in space. The chargers are going to easily pick up extra yards. Uh, Steelers can't tackle very good. And you know, this is going to be a big game with a lot of, you know, yak opportunities. There's going to be, you, you're going to have to take like two or three guys to bring one guy down. The Steelers just aren't rallying to the ball. They can't make their solo tackles. They're having a lot of issues. So getting these guys in space and letting, you know, a lot of these guys get one-on-one -on -one matchups is going to be key because these Steelers corners aren't good either. They went up against uh, some subpar corners last week with the Vikings, but between the pressure and Justin Herbert's reads and the play calling, they just couldn't put up enough points to win and again this week they're going against some bad pittsburgh corners joe hayden uh didn't practice on wednesday if he's out uh it's going to be justin lane or uh james pierre the other corner cameron Sutton. uh cameron sutton has been very good this year he's been like below average i i haven't liked what he's done and minka fitzpatrick like we mentioned earlier is out so this whole secondary is right for the picking and I do think that Joe Lombardi's calls on the outside uh, could have some positive impact on the uh, passing game. You know, you were talking about the Steelers linebackers, Devin Bush, absolutely struggling. Uh, Joe Schobert, I think is struggling in the run game. I love him in pass coverage. I think he is very sticky as a coverage linebacker, but he's very one dimensional. Uh, you're going to be able to get uh, yards. If you run at him, if you throw at him, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So, I, I understand there's there's going to be a lot of stuff open in the middle. Joe Schobert scares me a little bit. But when you get it outside the numbers like Lombardi likes, you're getting that one-on-one -on -one match, matchups. You're attacking outside the hashes. I think it could pay dividends. So 
you know, there's going to be a lot of chances for these Chargers receivers and running backs to get a lot of one-on-one matchups and make some guys miss because they have struggled with tackling this season. Yeah, and I think one thing that's going to work in the Chargers' favor here is this is not the Blitzburg defenses that we're used to seeing in the past. They do not have the secondary, like you mentioned, to be able to back up the blitz. So the Steelers this season are blitzing only about 20% of the time. And with Devin Bush struggling in coverage and the back end struggling as well, I don't think you're likely to see as much uh, zero blitz looks as what we've seen in the last couple of weeks with, with opposing defenses. I think they're more likely to play it more straight up, more cover two, more cover three, trying to hide guys in, in zone coverage. Um, so you might not see as much of those, the, those uh, z- the zero blitz looks that we've seen so much of, and it might make it more difficult for them to speed Herbert up the way some teams have. They'll have to play him more straight up, and I think that might make things a little bit easier in terms of creating easier easier reads and simplifying things for Herbert because I think he's been – he's struggled a little bit with those post-snap reads. Yeah, this is a bad football team uh, with a good record and a really, really good coach that has got the most out of them so far. At some point, they're going to fall off, and this could be the week. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a game that the Chargers can really get right. I think I, – I'm not really sure how the Steelers were 5-3, and three, to be honest with you, just watching the tape. I don't think they played well at all. Um, and that game on Sunday against the Lions was just brutal to watch, extremely painful. Um, so I, I think there's going to be lots of opportunities here. Um, and another thing that I wanted to bring up too is watching the Lions game. I don't think there's a whole lot of speed or discipline on that on those Steelers special teams. Mm. Um, they really struggled with kick and punt coverage against the Lions. I would not be at all surprised to see a big game from Andre Roberts here uh, mm-hmm. in the return game, particularly in the kickoff return game. The Steelers kick the ball short quite often. You don't see them put the ball in the end zone as much as you do with other teams. And they were really struggling covering those kicks against the Lions last week. So I would not be at all surprised to see the Chargers flip the field position a few times, maybe wind up with some kicks up around midfield or in plus territory and some short fields for some easy drives. Um, I got a feeling on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. So let, well then let's, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we, we talked about offense, defense, special teams. So you, you think the Chargers win this game? I do. I think if they do a good job controlling TJ Watt um, with some double teams and some chips and things like that, um, if assuming he plays, if they do a good job of controlling him, I think they've got a really good chance of winning this game. Uh, I just, I don't know. I I don't think the Steelers look like a five and three football team right now, just based on what I saw the last three weeks. So I would say, are we doing predictions? Is that what you're asking for? Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I'm going to say Chargers 27, Steelers 23. Okay, so it's going to be close. They're always close. Yeah. Yeah, it always seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to win, especially in primetime games against the Chargers. And uh, and I know a lot of people are going, well, they got Mason Rudolph. Well, the Chargers lost to a duck-calling champion uh, at quarterback when they played the Steelers. So... Uh, they could they could lose, and they are always prepared for the Chargers. The Steelers always seem to outcoach the Chargers whenever they face each other. So I've a, even though none of it makes sense on paper and none of it makes sense in my head, my feeling is the Steelers win this game because they always have. 
So I'm having a hard time picking the Chargers here, even though I know they should win. And they should win pretty handedly. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I said a few weeks ago when we talked about it that this was the game that scares me. And yeah. There are still things about it that scare me, particularly the pass rush, mm-hmm. TJ Watt creating havoc and making things difficult on Herbert. But I don't know. I just have a feeling. I just, yeah. I just don't think these Steelers are very good. All right. Well, I'm going to go against my head and go with my emotion and say the Chargers lose here. I think uh, I'll say that the troubles mount here. And in prime time, I would hate for this to happen, but I just maybe they don't take the chair, the Steelers as serious. They kind of just sit back and let Rudolph operate without Joey Bosa. Maybe uh, they don't get enough pressure to him. Let him script a couple plays. Let him get a, a couple points. So I'll say I'll go opposite today and say Steelers win twenty four twenty. Hmm. That'd be a bad one though. This would not feel good if the even even though the Steelers are five and three, this would be a bad loss. Worse than last week for sure, and the and the Vikings have a worse record. Yeah, I agree. I just think the, t- the talent level is different between those two teams, even with oh, all the injuries of course. With the Vikings. Of course, way different, way different. Yeah, where there's there's a lot. Of, I mean, they're the Steelers are missing Stefan Tuitt, who's been just an animal in the middle of their defense. They're not going to have their probably one of their best players on defense outside of T.J. Watt, and they won't have Fitzpatrick. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Steelers win. You got Chargers winning. Let's hope that Jamie's right on Sunday because this is a primetime game and that would be embarrassing if they lose this one. So alright guys, thanks for listening. I'm at Garrett on Twitter, Jamie. At lightning underscore round. And we will see you next time. Thanks everybody.